Hey there, welcome to Above Board with Candor Paths. So we are excited about today's episode because if I'm not mistaken, this is our first guest. Patrick, you are like it. You are the one. Yeah. You are the yeah. chosen one, the golden child. Man. This is amazing. So you will notice that we are missing Matt. We miss you, Matt. Love you, man. But I do have my buddy, John. So I'm the Rich B or Rich or whatever you want to call me. And we've got John, me, hey. and we have Mr. Patrick Surmeyer, who I am going to let John introduce. John, to you. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I'm excited to introduce Patrick. So we um, obviously were changing up the format of the show and we're excited that this is our first guest and as we were coming up with this list of who we wanted to invite, um, you, you guys might remember earlier episodes of this season, we talked about, does your friend circle lower or lift you? And I'm excited to have Patrick because he's one of those guys in my friend circle that lifts me. What if I had said wow. lower? That would have been like so mean. What a mean it would way have to been, it, would, it would have been, but it would have been a cool episode. Immediate, um, so, immediate, just like, just off, gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's out, out of here. here. Um, and he's part of this whole dad bod squad, which we've talked about a while. Actually, Patrick coined the term and came up with it. So we'll, we'll have some fun with it. We'll talk about the dad bod squad in a little bit. But um, Patrick is one of those friends that definitely lifts me. Um, I've, I've known him for about a year. He's, he's a highly motivated uh, entrepreneurial person, owns several different companies. Um, he's the owner and operator of Luxus Plus. And he's also the co-founder of a career coaching platform called Privy. And then most recently, and what we're excited to talk about today is this new movement that he's created called the Sentient Life. And so um, with that, we'll, we'll kind of get into this, to your story about how you've decided to essentially move, you, you know, you and Anna, your two kids, your two dogs, move the family and travel for 12 months. And you're documenting your journey along the way, um, which we're excited to share more information about that. So um, without further ado, Patrick, hey, thanks for being on the show, man. Man, well, uh, first of all, I'm a podcast rookie, so thank you guys for, for allowing me to be on part of your show. I was actually just watching one of the shows yesterday um, about partnership. Uh, Rich did a great job. I, I loved your moderation, and, uh, you know, John, I just thought your, your take on partnership was so on point. Man, it was, uh, it was refreshing, to be honest with you. So I, I enjoyed just listening to so many of the episodes of this, uh, of this podcast in general. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, you made me sound more awesome than I am, and... and uh, if there's any background noise, it's because I'm on the porch of one of our rental homes. So to, to take your, your part in our travels, we've, um, we've been gone for two months from our home. And uh, we, our ideal scenario is we were going to stay about a month in each location, basically because like, when we were looking at people who were doing these like, travel trips, a lot of them were like, no kids, um, no responsibilities. We sold everything. We got ourselves a conversion van, and we're just on the road forever, and we eat um, ramen noodles. And... You know, for us, if I had done that in my 20s, it would have been awesome. We just never did that. And uh, we got this itch last year because of, you know, if you don't know what happened in 2020, you're living under a rock. But, um, you know, so, like, we got this itch. We're like, you know, let's make this happen. But, you know, we're, we, we come with more baggage to the kids, the dogs, um, you know, a life. We've got uh, businesses we still have to run remotely. And so, um, so yeah, so we've been uh, renting different, like, homes, Airbnb and such. So right now I'm in south of Seattle and Renton, and I'm here for about 25 more days. And uh, I always try to find a house that's got some sort of a home office. This one just happened to have a sunroom on the back porch uh, with some beautiful views that I like, and so that's why I chose this one. But uh, yeah, man, there's, gosh, a lot to talk about. Well, and, I, I'd, uh, I'd like to, it is, it is a beautiful background, by the way. Like, the fact that you get to work out there for the next 25 days is pretty solid. But I wanted to go back to 
because you'd mentioned COVID. So like what, like what was your nexus event? And that's like a good, uh, you know, anybody who follows Marvel is probably understands what that term means, but, um, what, like what pushed you to that decision? Was it cause like when we feel that, Oh my gosh, Rich, are you kidding me? That's amazing. <laughs> you know, so, like I'm always ready for everything. I, I dress for the theme. Anyone who yeah. sees the video, he's wearing a Marvel shirt right now. But like when we <laughs> feel the that. itch with our kids, it's like we go to Disney for the weekend because I'm terrified of the idea of traveling with two small kids. So like what pushed you to that decision? What was that moment where you're like, we got to do something? Well, I'm going to give my wife, Anna, a lot of credit. She's first of all, like really the most adventurous one. I'll give you like one good example is like whenever we're going through some kind of struggle in our life or in... um our marriage or family, just something like really uncomfortable. It doesn't mean like we're just going through the worst time ever, but like it just, you could just tell you're coming out of a tough time. And by the way, being a dad or a parent to young children is like a tough time. Like I'm noticing too that I'm getting, um, I'm getting amnesia uh, towards what it felt like in these early stages. Like I have to keep like reminding myself through pictures and videos going, oh yeah, I remember what that was like. And some parents like, do they love it? Like for me though, it was like super, super stressful. And, um, you know, in 2017, we were going through a, a really uh, tough year in general. And Anna's like, you know what? I have a great idea for us. I'm like, what's that? She goes, let's run a marathon. And she signed us up for the New York City Marathon. And we trained all year long and ended up accomplishing it. And it felt just so, like, you know, enthralling to be able to do it. But, like, that's who she is. She kind of comes up with these ideas. So she, in 2020, you know, we love to travel. We'll do, like, I don't know, two vacations a year somewhere. And, of course, a lot of traveling was restricted. And everyone knows, you know, kind of what the situation was. And um, she came up with the idea, it's like, you know, why don't we just go travel for like a summer? And then me being just kind of the analytical one in business, I'm like, well, financially it's tough for me to get someone to rent the houses and, you know, I don't really want to end up spending all the money. And so then we're like, well, six months, someone will rent our houses, right? And then we're like, no, we're going to do it a whole year. And then it just evolved. Once we figured out a whole year, well, then like everything got engaged. And it's weird because like now we had this thing to plan. And what I realized was the planning part was the most fun part. And then when we actually got on the road, we were like, oh, what did we just do? I mean, like, like two weeks in, we're like, we can't go back. And, um, you know, we can, but there's someone living in our house right now. So, you know, we can't actually go back. It would be weird. It would be weird, <laughs> yeah. And so, um, you know, we're like, man, what are we going to do? And I, I'm, no joke, just in case, you know, because I got to always, like, you know, have the backup plan. I got to mitigate the risk. I'm already like, I'm talking two weeks in, I'm just looking at homes for sale or for rent back home, just in case I got to like come back. I'm like, oh, what's this going to cost me, right? You know, just in case the kids are like, dad, I miss home. Can we please go back? And, you know, I'll knock on wood and, and, and thank God we just, um, they haven't said that yet. You know, we're now two months in and we just figure if we keep them super busy and excited with a new adventure every day, they won't think about, um, you know, Orlando and, uh, maybe I can make this thing last 10 more months, you know? Well, you've so. got a very, um, you've got a calm exterior. You might've been freaking out on the inside, but I think we saw you guys di- the day before or two days before you actually left for the trip and you yeah. seemed so calm. You seemed so prepared and ready. So you, but you and Anna both did. Um, and that was in the midst of packing and doing all that stuff. So, you know, props to you for, yeah, thanks, I would have been, I would have been melting down, I think. Well, I, I, I keep saying I'm not trying to, like, you know, make this all about my wife, Anna, but she's, she is a very strong person, and I'm not going to go on the whole topic of, like, you know, having a, a spouse who's, like, you know, mentally and emotionally tough, but, like, she, she can rival me to any day, and um, 
Now, we have our moments where it's like one of us, it's, I don't know if you guys are like this with your, your spouses, but like it seems like in a like deep conversation, one of you has to play like the negative one and the other one has to be the optimist, and then sometimes you switch roles. And, uh, and we pretty much, like in weird ways, like switch those roles on any conversation we have. And um, so we kind of balance it out because there's usually one of us freaking out, the other one's like, no, nah, no, nah, we're good. And then we kind of come to like a, a good agreement of how we're going to do things. So. So you guys probably, you know, my thought, Patrick, this is so interesting. And, and to put this kind of in a, in a bubble for everybody. So here's a family with young children who have, you know, several businesses who decide to pack up said family and go on the road and travel. And there was obviously several conversations. Anna seems to be the one. It was kind of maybe like her idea is what it sounds like. And, and then you did it. And, and of course... There, there had to be, this is the burning question that I have. So there are definitely people listening to this that are going to fall into a couple of groups. Group number one, this sounds great. I would never do that, but I'm going to be a voyeur and I'm going to listen because this is fascinating. Group number two, I secretly want to do this, but I don't know how, but maybe this might push me. Or group number three, I'm packing my bag. I'm already texting my wife and I've already put the house up for rent. So there's going to be all sorts of people listening to this. So I, the burning question that I have, so that people understand what it is that you all did on the road, running your businesses, decided to do this remotely to have some adventure, were there people that when you brought this up that, that were naysayers? Were there people that told you you should not do this? This is crazy. What are you thinking? This is going to be the worst thing ever. Because when you talk about the optimism and the pessimism, and even you know when we have our our you know podcast and we we're talking about partnerships and we're going to have a podcast where we talk about friendships and all these different things, I am dying to know that. Were there people? And you don't have to say names unless you want to. But were there people that told you like, bro, Anna, no, this is horrible. Um, okay, so, so to answer very specifically, so I'm 40 years old, and, and I say that up front because of this. Um, the answer was no, because I've already gotten to a point in my life where I've cut those people out. Um, I, just, oh, I just already have. Well like, I've said. already cut those people out. So um, Now, now if, you, if I had done this 10 years ago, 100% yes. And, um, and I, I say that because, like, at this point, like, my sphere of influence, like, knows that I'm willing to take calculated risks and try things and we could go into a whole nother topic of all the things I've failed at um, whether you know just projects and I'm also you know and I'm not trying to like make this you know pound my chest like yeah all about me but like like we're just resilient people like you know that whole get knocked down all right you got to adjust you got to try fail adjust and you got to move on um, so we just kind of realized like we've kind of got that callus already that hey you know what things will suck along the way things will be awesome you know usually the awesome comes right after the suck and, you know, you just kind of push along the way. So, like, we kind of had this, like, little callus going in, going, all right, you know, it's not going to be awesome, perfect. Um, like I said, the, tr- the, the planning part is the most fun. I mean, that's like, okay, great, we're going to do all these kind of things. You know, like, I, I, for instance, I'm a rookie at, like, you know, pulling a trailer. I know people do it all the time. I mean, you're just like, dude, you know, I pull my boat behind my truck you know, just to go boating on the weekend. Well, guess what? I don't, I've never done this in my life. I literally, in the first one mile leaving my home, okay, the trailer fell off. Okay, the trailer oh. fell off and I dragged the trailer down the road. I guess I didn't latch it in properly. And, uh, and I was like, all right, man, so there's got to be some other idiots like me who don't know about pulling this trailer. So, you know, as I'm sitting there backing up traffic, I, uh, you know, slowly put it back on and took my time. But, like, 
you know, uh, that's within the first mile, you know, and I can give you a bunch of other stories like that. So, no, no naysayers only because anyone that might have been a naysayer knows, like, might as well not say it to Patrick because he's going to do it anyway. And the people who are super negative, I, I cut them out like 10 years ago. Well, so. I, I think that's, first of all, that's amazing. And I think that is such a, a for me, that is one of the main things that I, I wanted to get from you, what that I wanted to learn from you. Because I think what, what underscores what you all did is a fearlessness. It's risk-taking. It's adventure. It's pushing yourself. It's taking yourself out of your comfort zone, which we won't do if we have enough people telling us that we can't do it. Most people. Some people have the attitude of like, I don't care what you think, you know. Like, you know but for the most part, People are very um, connected to their their circle, whether it's their parents, their family, their siblings, their friends, or whatever. So I think what you said there, there's that's a super powerful thing because I'll be honest with you, I didn't expect that answer. I, I honestly thought you were going to tell me this great story about the friends who told you no and you overcame that, but you were like, no, we pieced out them a long time ago. I call that um, friendscaping, like <laughs> you know, like, where you're you just kind of trim out the stuff. That to me is such a lesson because you have at 40 years old, I'm 54. So at 40 years old to already grasp that lesson, there's people my age and older than me who are still struggling with that. That's a powerful thing. That's a super powerful thing. I appreciate that. Well, you know, I, I, there's probably a lot of friends. I can think of a lot of them who would said, Hey, good for you. And went home, you know, with their spouse are like, hell no, I'm never doing that. Like these guys are crazy. I'm sure, I'm sure those conversations happen. They just are good enough friends to not say it in front of me. And that's cool. Cause I didn't want that. Um, and you know, I had a lot of friends that say, man, it's good for you. I could never do that. And, and dude, by the way, when my kids were John's kids age, like I wouldn't have done this trip. Like the heck no, you know, about like, you know, diapers had to go like, you know, when we, when we had got rid of things like a crib and, uh, stroller, you know, like, dude, I was like, get that out of here. I'm like, I'm selling as fast as I can. Anna's like, you know, sentimental. We should keep the crib and put it away. I'm like, nope, no, I'll literally burn it in the backyard in the, uh, in the fire pit we got, you know what I mean? But like, I, like it was momentous for me to get rid of these like young child things that I hoped I never see again in my life until I have grandchildren. And, um, and so for me, like that's, that's why I knew it was time for us to do something adventurous, you know? So you've, so. you've also, this process has forced you to simplify life. I'm sure dramatically. Yeah. And, and, uh, Anna keeps grounded on that one. She, you know, I'm, I'm very much like wanting to, you know, onward and upward kind of thing. And, you know, she likes to keep life simple. Um, she, she, we're not a minimalist family by any means, but she is enthralled with kind of that concept of minimalism and, and things like that. And I would say in the spectrum of like minimalism to like, you know, hoarder, she, she certainly helps us stay on the, to the side of the minimalistic side of just simplicity in our life. So know? on a scale so. of one to 10, one is everything you own is inside of a car and 10 is you're like on, you're on the TV show hoarders. You're probably... <laughs> On the yeah, three to four maybe. I guess. Well, like for instance, when we packed up the house. We um, ordered I one of those that. pods, yeah. you know. Yeah, and and we actually, um, well, with the exception of leaving a few things for the family that stayed there, we left it like kind of furnished. Um, we packed everything in the pod, and then we got everything else that we needed with us in an eight-foot trailer. And we've even felt we've even gotten rid of stuff in the trailer on the way on the trip. Like we we overpacked. Yeah. Um, so it's. Some of yeah, it, we're, some we're, of it might have fa- some of it might have fallen out when the trailer disconnected in the first mile, <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah, 
Can I, can I ask a question? So um, the word sentient, because because you were talking about um, you know simplifying life. I, can can we go back to what the sentient life means? Just explain that to us. Yeah. So um, the word sentient, by definition, means uh, someone who can feel or sense the ability to feel, and um, that kind of was the impetus of of being able to create the tagline, which is disconnecting to find awareness. And um, you know, going back to the idea of some of these travel vloggers that we studied for like eight months and just seeing the things they did and places they went, you know, a lot of them, again, it, it's really popular to, to convert these like Mercedes sprinter vans and such into a living quarters. Um, and, you know, they would go out there and they would just stay a night or two and they're just living out of this van. You know, it's it just as much as I wanted that, I, I, I didn't think that I would stay sane, uh, you know, and get kind of format. And so, for us, we just wanted to make sure that we could go out and, and feel and sense and just visit as many places as we could um, and make it part of our life as opposed to a vacation. Yeah. Do, would you say that this, you know, I'm I'm so fascinated by the psychology of this, to be honest with you, because, you know, John made the comment, you know, when, when you know, he wants to get away, you know, they, they take a vacation for three days. I go to Starbucks and put my AirPods in and listen to heavy metal. So, I mean, everybody has their, 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 what they're going to do, but was, was there, would you say this helped you overcome some fears? Um, well, yeah, for sure. I mean, like for instance, I, it, by the way, I, I'm sorry, guys, the sprinklers just came on in the background. Like, can it's I, beautiful. If, if, if anything, it's, it's relaxing. It's relaxing right, water cool, sounds. Cool. Right. And we I heard birds sure. too and hawks and like vultures uh, flying over. It's perfect. Uh, okay, good. It. I hope that, I hope that just adds <laughs> to the, I don't know, the flavor. Ambiance. Um, uh, okay. Well, my biggest fear <clears throat> that I had going into it, it wasn't like what most people would think. Um, you know, my, my biggest fear would be just that I'd get on the road and I would regret having made the decision. Um, that's the biggest thing. I mean, just I, I get on here and go, shoot. You know, I, I literally burned all the bridges to get to make this happen. And 12 and months is a back. long time to do that. It's not yeah. like you took a two-month trip and you're like, all right, I'll bite the bullet for 60 days. It's you're, that's, a, that's a long time in life, especially for yeah, life. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, dude, and, and, you know, there's little conveniences that you think about. And, and like, for instance, and, I, I, you know, you guys both have children, but, like, Okay, we don't have any babysitters anymore. All right, well, sure, we can go find one. But, you know, I got to go to a new city. I got to go on one of the websites. I got to find a stranger. All right, fine. Um, you know, we don't have the, um, the neighborhood, which a lot of people take for granted, just friends and family. I got, you know, the kids have neighborhood friends they could play with. and just gives us parents a break. Um, you know, we're living in not like small quarters, but close quarters with each other. We're with the family 24-7. Um, you know, it's... Uh, there's just a lot of like little things. So my biggest fear was just the regret of this could be a bad decision. And and ultimately, when you look at it from the big perspective, you go, well, how could that possibly be? I mean, look, because everyone I talk to is like, oh, the same phrase comes out of their mouth. That's going to be so amazing for your family. So many memories. And I have to keep like playing that in my head. I'm like, okay, even the bad times, I got to remember like the memories, you know, the pictures. Like yesterday, we went to Mount Rainier and we got this beautiful family photo with this, you know, mountainous background with glaciers, um, you know, in the background. Two days ago, we went to Bainbridge Island. And for whatever reason, my favorite moment so far in two months was that I was standing at sea level at the ocean, okay, on the beach. And then I was also taking a photo with a, um, with a mountain in the background with snow caps. And I thought, I've got the best of both worlds right now. And, uh, and so for me, like, those little moments uh, are really helpful when I go, okay, you know what, this is worth it. But my fear really was the regret. You know, and, and I think give it one more month. At month three, I think I will have 
fully rip the bandaid off and any wounds will have healed and we'll be we'll be good to go for nine more so that's really cool man i think you know that that tagline that you guys i'm assuming this is sort of a mantra that you might tell yourself from time to time during the day of disconnecting to find awareness but what you just described sounds like you're you're actually doing that which i think is really cool and you're documenting the journey along the way too that's got to be challenging yeah, I, I've even, uh, my brain has kind of referenced the fact that I call it, <clears throat> in addition to the technical I have, I call it like structured spontaneity, which is like I'm planning out everywhere I'm going to be super spontaneous on all the things that we're doing to let something happen in the moment, right? Um, and and that's kind of a little bit of it. But, yeah, we decided to document it too, which we're, we're newbies, I guess, you know, I wouldn't call us influencers by any means. I mean, you know, I think I've got like uh, 100 subscribers. So, you know, to my mom, dad, cousins, aunts, uncles, thank you guys for, for watching. Um, you know, but, uh, but we do have a YouTube channel, and uh, we're putting out about two to four videos a week, and we just, um, we've got about seven of them in, in pre-production right now. And, and that's been a daunting task already, like just learning that process. I've got to upgrade some equipment um, because I'm just I'm using an iPhone and a GoPro, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm a rookie. I made a lot of mistakes. We'll just say that. You, so. so you you for this and and what I, I and that was just one of your one of your subscri- one of your subscribers was just calling in to tell you how good you look. Actually. <laughs> no. we, got, but, we got one on no, the line okay. right now. Hey, hey, look, this is why we're, this is why we're called above board. We're not even trying to pretend like we're in some like fancy studio. This is we are in our homes. We are we've got kids and bo- dogs and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. I, I love this disconnecting to find awareness and and I I. I just am so fascinated by this. So I'm going to ask you just a blunt question. Um, what have you become more aware of over the last several months that you've done this? Where, where, how is your awareness increasing in, in, you know, personally, professionally, how, how are you finding that you've achieved more awareness? Well, in, in two big ways in my life, for sure. Um, and I was sensing it, but then my wife had brought up a few things. One is, like I am a w- much more engaged father since I've, uh, since I've been on this trip, much more engaged that I'm having like conversations where I'm slowing down, talking to kids. I'm, you know, a- any dad can get a little frustrated at times and maybe have a moment of like blow up. And like, you know, I, I'm just sensing that like I'm not getting that boiling point for any reason during the day. Um, you know, I'm taking the moment to just like have, uh, you know, share moments with my kids that I know are making an impact. I'm feeling um, more connected with them. Um, you know, and, and funny enough, I, we, I decided before leaving to hire a, a business coach for our business to help out because I knew that I was going to be um, less really, like, you know, involved within our businesses. And, uh, and his, his name is Casey Jaycox, and, and he's got a great podcast called The Quarterback Dadcast. And he interviews fathers, and he talks about fatherhood and being the quarterback of your of your family. And I've been listening to a lot of those and dude, it's, it's been very helpful in helping me just kind of stay connected with my kids. Um, that was the first way. And the other one was that I have this, um, this false desire to always want to be like in control of everything. And some people who are entrepreneurs are like that. And it's, it's partly why it's one of the biggest hurdles every entrepreneur that I know has to get over when they finally get over like that they're not that important and that, you know, you can, kind of manage processes but not have to be in control like you know maniacally about everything you know it gives people a chance to grow and um this forced me to put some processes in play hire the right people grow the company and now we're on a growth path which i'm super excited about and and maybe it would grow faster if i was just like driving it you know 60 hours a week but now everyone seems to be very happy We're, we're we're guiding towards the goals that we've set for ourselves 
And I realized that, like, you know what? Like, I'm not that important. I could die tomorrow, and, you know, the business may or may not move on, but not a big deal. And so, like, those two things, the the connection with my kids and the realization that, like, I don't have to be a control freak were probably my two biggest, like, you know, hurdles that I had to figure out. So. You you really are. I mean, as I've gotten to know you, you really are a highly motivated person. I mean, I I, I get the sense that you that you work hard. You you don't shy away from it. You lean into it. And I think uh, I I mean, this is something I struggle with too. Like it's it is hard to find work life balance. Um, and it's almost like, and this is how I'm distilling it, and understanding it. But it's it's almost like you with with this decision, you kind of ripped off the band aid and said like we're we're going all in. Like this is we're we're gonna. I'm gonna focus, refocus my life on work-life balance. That might not be exactly what's happened. I, I think you do have a good balance, but for someone who's highly motivated like you are, and you could probably easily work all day long and be happy with that, realizing like my kids are only gonna be this old for so long. I'm only gonna have these mem- these moments for so long before they grow up. I think that's again, I'll go back to disconnecting to find awareness. I love that. I, I love that mon- as a mantra. So that's really cool. Well, and 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 what I what I get, I had a, a mentor years ago say to me, "There is no such thing as work life balance. You should just look for work life blend." Um, and and when you really think about it, it makes a lot of sense. There just, I mean, honestly, it's a term that we use and we understand what we mean. But when you get really granular about it, there's no balance. There's no day where you were fifty percent work and fifty percent home, or that that's crazy. But you've achieved that blend where you're you're finding a way to be a, a significant other, be a husband, be a, a father, be a, a, a leader, be an entrepreneur, be an adventurer, and bring all of those things in a blend. And I'm sure there's some days where you're much more dad than you are boss. And I'm sure there's some days where you're more boss than maybe your family man, because that's how that's how the cookie crumbles. For me, what what I think is, I mean, do you agree with that? I, I do. Um, do you guys do you guys happen to watch the show? This is us. I don't know if you ever watch that show. We just started um, watching it show. again. We like took a break for a year, so we've got all these episodes okay. in the back. But yeah, so we do. Well, well, anyone who's a fan of that show, uh, and, and it's funny because they they do this in this show, and Anna and I would do this prior. So like you know, it's kind of confirmation that a lot of people must do this as well. Randall and his wife, Beth, they play this game um, in some of the episodes. They call it worst-case scenario, okay? And they, they verbalize to each other, okay, what's the worst thing that's going to happen here? And they, like, they like play it out. They, like, they talk about just like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be like this. And, and, they, and they almost verbalize to the depth of like what it's going to be and feel like. So, so going into this, we, we played worst-case scenario. We're like, all right, worst-case scenario. We come back, our business has completely failed. Everyone's left. Like, we're just out of business. We've got to start over from scratch. And, and basically, if we can come to the realization that we can handle the worst-case scenario and what we're going to attempt to do is still greater than that, then we're like, let's do it. And we, and we do that. We play that game a lot. And so for us, like, that's kind of like a – I wouldn't call it fun because you kind of got to, like, live in the dirt for a little bit. But – um. But yeah, that's 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 kind of how we did this one. So, but that helps you with this whole like structured spontaneity thing because I liked how you said that. Like when you play out those worst case scenarios, yes, you're you're structuring what, and I imagine like for the next well now ten months because you're two months into this journey. But for the next ten months, like you've got this mapped out. You know what you're gonna do. You've created that structure, but you still want spontaneity within that. And so like doing that worst case scenario probably really help. I mean that's that's huge. You know, for me, the other thing that I find fascinating about this is, 
you put yourself in kind of what some people might look at as a stressful situation. I get, I'm, I have anxiety to be honest when, when you're talking about, like, I think I, I try to put myself in your shoes and I'm thinking about like, what would I pack up? And you know, you put yourself in this stressful situation yet. It sounds like it's brought you a sense of peace and, and almost, I wonder, do you find yourself now being a little bit more of a calmer person or, or more at peace with things because you've kind of pushed yourself to this limit, kind of got out of your comfort zone? Um, definitely I'm, I'm more of a calm person. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I, I think the biggest factor is, is that I've just, I come to look at the fact that the situation I'm dealing with as bad as it is, is not the worst thing. Right. And, and I know like, you know, when people put things in perspective, you're like, man, I'm having a bad day. And you're like, well, yeah, well, look at this person. They got cancer. You know what I mean? And you're like, all right, man, well, thank you. That doesn't exactly help me. Now I just feel like, okay, but yes, um, you know, but I want to know how I can deal with my problem right now, you know, and like that kind of, um, I don't know, empathy like doesn't really resonate with me. And so, you know, I think the biggest thing is like in the world of highs and lows that you live in your day, like now my, my, my highs aren't as high, my lows aren't as low, but like I'm, I'm kind of staying in a, in, a, in a better state. And I'm not like in this, you know, set of state of like mental peace all the time. Um, you know, like last night I was walking my dogs and in a new neighborhood, don't, don't know the area. And uh, like two cats come out, you know, my dogs just would like kill a cat. They could, you know, get, get a hold of one. And uh, my dogs have this way of packing up on each other. And, dude, I'm, like, roping them in. And they're, like, going around my legs. And I got, like, rope burns. And I'm, like, cursing out in the street. And I'm only, like, you know, 100 yards away from the house. It's so loud. Neighbors are coming out, you know, to see what's going on. They think, like, some animals Your neighbors are, are like, oh, these you know? Airbnbers. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I'm just like, these guys are crazy. So, like, you know, little things like that. In the moment, of course, you get super stressed. Um, you know, I could – there's many times I want to, you know, reach back and smack my son because he's just, you know, just he's out there just whining and crying for just different reasons. But like, you know, ultimately in the end, though, I would say that uh, being away from the structured life we did have is helping us just come to realize that, you know, it's like things aren't as bad as they could be. They're not as good as they could be. But, you know, we're uh, we're on the right path. So. What what have you what? So you've traveled real. I mean, uh, quite a bit. How many states and or and or yeah? How many states have you been in or cities have you been in so far? Well, so so we left Florida and we took four days to get to Denver and we stayed thirty days there. So we just stayed one night in like Atlanta, Nashville, St. Louis, Kansas City. Um, then we were in Denver for thirty days, uh, and we never spent any time in the western part of the U.S. So basically, just, you know, call it the Rocky Mountains West. And uh, and so we just had an amazing time there. Um, it's just seeing as much as we could within about a three hour drive radius and then um afterwards we left there we went to rapid city south dakota if people don't know that's pretty much the, the city you stay in to go see mount rushmore and and a few other things in fact we've got a video that probably come out next week of one of our favorite places called the badlands have you guys heard of the badlands you know what yes. that is uh, yes oh man that is like it, it looks like a volcanic uh volcanic uh mountainous structures that you could just kind of walk through and um in fact a cool little feature is uh the movie Armageddon, if you remember that, actually was filmed, a good portion of the movie was filmed, you know, within the Badlands. 
Um, and then we went from there to Big Sky, Montana, which is usually a big ski area, but we, we stayed there to be able to go into Yellowstone. Um, looking back, I wish I had kind of planned it ahead of time. I mean, there's a lot of regrets of how we planned or didn't know how to plan, but like Yellowstone's such a vast, large park that um, I probably would have rented an RV ahead of time, even though I had the house for rent, and taken an RV and stayed inside there just for a few days because, I mean, Dude, you could spend weeks there and not see everything. Um, they also have a hotel within the, the park as well. Uh, then we went up to, um, well, we stayed basically outside of Jackson, Wyoming, to go into uh, Grand Teton National Park for a few days. Uh, then we were in Boise, Idaho for a few days, and then now we're back to another 30-day stay here in Seattle. Um, but, man, it's, um, I mean, we've, it's been a daily adventure every day, you know, and, and because I'm on, um, you know, mountain or, or now Pacific time and most, you know, all the people I'm working with are on the East coast. I'm up like early in the morning working for like three, four hours at a time and then come around 10 AM. Like we're free to do what we want for the rest of the day. That's pretty amazing. What, what would you say, Patrick, and this is kind of taking us off the, the family and the business piece of this, and even the psych, maybe the personal psychology or, or personal development piece of this. I'm just curious what, because I travel quite a bit. I'm I'm leaving for Montana next week, and and then I'm going to Denver the week after that. Um, what have you? What would you say has been something that you learned about this? You, well, we have people that are listening from out of the United States, but our country, we're Americans, we live in the U.S. What's something that you would say that you've learned? Is there has there been a lesson? Has there been something like a an awakening or an awareness or a thought that you had like X about our country, about the people in America? Well, yeah. One thing I'd say that I notice a lot in my travels is as you get out to these, like, you know, Western states and, and you're able to, like, well, disconnect and maybe, you know, be in some of these national parks, um, like, you see some of these, these animals, you know, elk or um, I'm trying to think, you know, we've seen a few moose. Like, once you're, like, up close to these, these animals and you just, like, you feel so small or I feel so small as a person and... Dude, and I come, I come to realize that, like, all right, I'm in Orlando, Florida. I'm stuck, you know, in 20-minute traffic trying to go from Winter Springs to Altamont Springs, okay? And, and like, I'm pissed off about the traffic. I'm thinking about where I got to go. I mean, dude, I'm managing 50 things all at once. And, like, whatever's going, going on my agenda that day is just so freaking important to me. And then when you get out here and you realize that, like, dude, there's just so much to see and like, you know, I'm in their domain. Like it makes me feel small and it makes me realize that like the crap I have on my agenda is not that important. And the biggest takeaway I took away is it's just like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm not that important and I shouldn't take myself so seriously because I have a way of just like being so serious thinking like what I'm doing is the most important thing and everyone should get in line for what I'm doing. And it's like, it helped me understand like, you know, freaking, you know, take a break, dude, and just like chill out for a little bit. And stop being so such a maniacal control freak, you know. When when this all that's a that's amazing, you know. There's been so much. There's been so many studies done about nature, honestly, about getting outside um, for yeah. immunity. How you know? There's people that call it. Um, I think the term is. This seems to sound so wacky, but I think I've read this somewhere. It's called forest bathing. Which okay. just means you go out into nature. <laughs> that sounds yeah. Crazy. But you I'm go googling out into it nature. right now. It's. I think it's a thing, or I made it up. If it's yeah. not a thing, it is now. But just being out in nature, being in trees, being around fresh air, being around animals, that there's some kind of healing stuff that happens inside of our reptilian brains where we kind of we kind of get some chill going on. For me, I think 
that's such a cool piece of this. Do you, is this something that you intend to do for the rest of your life? We just had that conversation yesterday. Um, so I don't want to make a plan and a, like a, a stamp of like, hey, we're going to be traveling like this and never go home. Um, uh, mostly because I, I think the balance might be that, you know, it's the social setting of being around some people that you care about and being able to visit with them. Um, we're having conversations about, hey, let's let's make it a goal for ourselves financially where we can, you know, buy a home in the western part of the U.S. and be able to spend some time there, you know, make it a rental property and then, you know, have a few weeks or a month we stay there. We've talked about maybe we just keep traveling, um, you know, although we don't really know if, that, if that's going to be the case. I've uh, I've thought about the idea that, you know, maybe we go back home, but now we just build in more travels, you know, into just, you know, vacation-style travels as to where we go. I really don't know the clarity of of what path it's going to be, but I do know that like it won't go, it won't be back to the regular lifestyle we went back to. Um, and you know, even with this pandemic and everyone started working remote, I actually had converted my businesses to remote work six months prior. Um, wow. The day I even signed the lease on my office in 2018 in Altamont Springs, I, I remember walking in all the furniture. I mean, when you start like to furnish this big office, it was. 4,000 square feet, we had 18 employees, and I, I remember looking at all the furniture, and I was just going, dude, what did I do? Like, this is stupid. Like, I, everyone's moving to remote or uh, co-working spaces. Like, dude, I wish I could actually take all this back. I was regretful from the day I looked at all that furniture. And then, um, and then like, about a year and nine months later, I just, I sold it all, and I moved everyone remote, and, and then a pandemic hit us, like, six months after that. And I bring that up because... Um, like I'm fully, I love it. And I, I like hiring people that want to work remote because I want everyone to be able to have that flexibility of get your work done and go live your life and do whatever it is you need to do and want to do. And I want someone to be able to go, Hey, I'm, I'm in, um, you know, I'm over staying in big sky, Montana for a month. I'm still working, but I'm just staying in big sky and I'm just experiencing other things because I think that a, a I don't, I'm not trying to make this all about work. It's just I just think that people would be happier if they could do those things, and then the people you're working with could share what they're doing. Um, it just it'll create a community. It's vastly different. So I, I know that I'm never going to go back full time to an office. I'm not going to hire a staff that's going to go full time to an office. There's a lot of people that I talk to in my industry that do, and I think it's because they have a problem that I had, which was being a control freak. You want to have a control over everything and every aspect. And um, so there's like there's components of our life to include work that I'm never going back to the way it was. And when it comes to travel with our family, don't don't really know. I mean, we'll look how things evolve with our family. Um, but as of right now, uh, I'm enjoying this, and maybe we'll maybe we'll make it a regular thing. What I love about what you said was how I interpret, and John, I don't know if you if you're hearing it the same way I do, is while you might not do this what you're doing right now forever, it has in many ways changed you forever. Yeah, it has. And you know, and, and also, I, you know, I, I can relate in a very different way when you looked around at the furniture in your office and had regret. I remember in like 1991, um, I carpeted a house that I bought with like salmon colored carpet because the carpet salesperson told me it would look great. And I remember walking in my house going, why did I do this? So it was for a totally different reason. Mine was more of just, you know, uh, a decoration faux pas. But I like how your furniture in your office for you symbolized locking people in and boundaries and walls that are being put up and, and slowing down. I, I just think that's a really cool 
kind of moment, you know, that you took that look around at all that furniture going, what did I do? Like, this is not the direction. Something inside you knew, Patrick, this, your spirit was telling you something else was coming. You were going in a different direction. Yeah. And, and it was already a trend. I mean, you know, everyone knows like the co-working spaces have become super popular. Um, sure. WeWork was a big trend and they were a client of ours uh, at the time. So we, I saw it was happening and I'm just like, dude, this is these, you know, three, five year leases, all this kind of stuff. I'm like, this, this just doesn't make sense. And, um, you know, obviously the pandemic forced us all. So like now sure. you know, I get, I get people down that I'm interviewing that, and the only reason why they're interviewing with us is because their company is making them go back to the office and they now don't want to, and they're not giving them the choice of having a hybrid or something like that. And like the motivation that people have is that I'm looking for a company that offers flexibility. And, um, you know, all you do is if you offer that alone, literally you're going to get some of the best talent on the market. So. Well, there's been a lot of articles in Forbes and Fortune and, and every in the Wall Street Journal about how our work has changed now and that more people are looking for those opportunities. So you were ahead of the, the ball on that. So how do people find you? Because you mentioned your YouTube. We talked a little bit about in the pre-show, the convo, but so that our listeners can follow you because I'd love more than just your uncle Stanley and, and your mom and, and dad to, to be following you. So to, how, how can people find you on the internets? Uh, well, in regards to our travels, uh, you know, you, I mentioned earlier, you guys have mentioned that the name of our, our, um, of our channel is called The Sentient Life. Uh, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and then TikTok as well. But but a lot of our stuff we're putting out is on YouTube. So you know, I, I certainly I would love it if 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 you guys you know want to follow us. Um, and honestly, here's the thing: like anyone who's listening, I, I kind of would like the followers because like we're researching all these places. Like we're researching, researching three months in advance of like, hey, this is where we're gonna go and this is what we're gonna go see and all this kind of stuff. But like, there's a lot of people who have given me input. Go, oh, you got to go here. And like, and it's not your traditional kind of um, tourist style place. They're like, hey, check this out. It's like off the beaten path. You got to go here. Like, I love that little insider knowledge of people who have been to cities um, and just say, man, what, what, when you're out here, please go to this spot. So, like, I kind of need the input of, of your followers or anybody else that wants to follow us. But the Sentient Life on YouTube is, is where you can find us. Um, and then, you know, obviously, if, if you Google me, you know, there's, you can find my name and my businesses and things like that. Um, yeah, mostly I work in... Well, I've got multiple companies, but most of them are just staffing and recruiting related. Patrick, so. you've done some cool stuff too so far in your journey. Like I've noticed when, because we, we, my wife and I follow you guys, and there's been uh, a few different cities where you're highlighting uh, like local candy shops, like or like these local finds, because I know you like candy. Oh, yeah. Um, and then uh, like card shops, like baseball card shops, uh, yep. which is like a, a huge trend right now anyway. People are really back yeah. into that type of stuff. So it's kind of fun seeing these like hidden gems that you guys are uncovering along with, you know, obviously that's not the reason for the destination, but you're in this new town, yeah. this new place, and you want to know like these local hidden gems. So it's kind of cool that you're, that you're shedding light on yeah. some of these small businesses too. I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, so and people who follow like Barstool Sports on Instagram, the, the, uh, I think the founder, president, he's got this thing called like the one bite challenge. It's such a weird thing. It's gotten such a big trend the, of growth. The pizza, he, right? he goes into, yeah. yeah, he goes in the pizza shop, he comes out in the pizza shop, he's got a whole pizza, 
he literally talks about the shop. He takes out a slice. He takes a bite, chews it, and he gives his review, right? And it's so popular. I mean, like literally millions of followers on this one. So I, um, for the kid's sake, because a lot of this is like kid-related and family, I call it the one lick challenge. So I just go into random ice cream shops. I tell them, give me your best dish, your best ice cream. I make them sell me on it, right? And then I come out and I just give it a good lick. And I just, you know, I, I rate it on all kinds of things like that. It's so corny, but, um, you know, bottom line is, and then, um, and then with the baseball card thing, I, I collect them as a kid, right? And so, and now last year, I think um, there was a stat that said hobby businesses had like taken a huge increase last year because everyone was home with nothing to do. Well, the sports card market took off. And so I had this idea. I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to combine kind of this like sports card thing with like basically um, rewarding kids for doing adventurous stuff too, kind of in the theme of like what our our travel channel is all about, you know, adventure and disconnecting. And so um, we've got it coming up next week. Uh, I think there's a, there's a video that promotes this on YouTube, and there's a link within our website. But there's literally no cost to the family, no cost to the kids, no cost to the parents. But, like, if you'll see the steps to do, but, like, literally all you got to do is, is um, you know, someone's child can go on and do something new, exciting, challenging, adventurous. Dude, they could try a new food. They could, like, learn to ride a bike. They could make a new friend. Anything that, like, a parent is trying to help their kid overcome and either do or get better at once they do it all they gotta do is make a post tag us in it and then we'll um we'll open up uh, some sports cards or trading cards on their behalf on a video and then send them to them for free so if there's any kids that love um trading cards whether it be pokemon or football all they gotta do is pick what they want and um we'll open it for them on a video so they can see what it is and we'll put out the video every two weeks and then we're going to mail it to them with some of our swag i i showed ella the video uh the other day about it and we're, we, we've created like summer goals um, that, yeah. that she's working on and she came up with them, but we helped her out. And one of them is riding a bike. So working on, yeah. we're, we're working on that. Rich, just, just go back and forth past the front of your house, <laughs> trying to ride a bike. Hopefully, you know, a couple, couple falls, probably <laughs> me spilling, you know, before she will fall. But, um, but anyway, yeah. once we complete that, we'll, uh, we'll let you guys know. So that's a, that's a fun challenge. Cool, man. Well, I love listen, it. this is, this is amazing. First of all, I think that it's so cool for people to hear your story and the, the story of your family. You're such an engaging guy. You're, you're, you're so authentic. And I think a lot of people can learn from you. I, I've learned from you. And, and you know, even just thinking about how sometimes we put ourselves in our, in our box, literally, physically, like our box of, of our home, our box of I can't go anywhere, our box of I can't do anything or I'm afraid to. And I think it's cool. So everybody um, that is listening, check out The Sentient Life or check out Patrick Surmeyer. Uh, I don't think you'll be disappointed in in what you see. I don't think you'll be disappointed in what you'll hear. Um, so I just want to tell you, I, I hope I get to meet you in person. I know right now you're in Washington State. We're in Florida, so we're, we're kind of far away from each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for taking time out of your day to check in with us and to have give the blessing of your story to the, the folks that listen to our podcast. Awesome, man. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. Uh, thanks for allowing me on my, my rookie session of a podcast. It was fun to, to speak with you guys and, of course, be on with uh, John, who I consider to be a good friend. And I'm trying to convince John right now to come to Seattle in the next few weeks. And um, I found that you can actually rent out the Seattle Mariners Stadium for an hour at a time and take batting practice. 
So uh, I got a lot of convincing to do, but um, well, hopefully well, yeah, we can get him out here. Okay, so Rich, this guy is like a—he was like a collegiate baseball player. I mean, what? I mean, I'm gonna go take batting practice with Patrick, and Dude, he's gonna—he's gonna be hitting dingers out of out of the. Was it Safeco Park? Is that the park? It, no, it's now called T-Mobile Park. But okay. dude, I haven't I haven't played baseball in so long. I mean, I haven't literally played baseball. Can we do in, soft pitch, in, slow pitch softball? Dude, I don't care what it is. I just want to experience the moment. And, you know, I'm trying to find anything that's really unique, cool, and fun. You go, you know what? I wouldn't have done this in my daily life. So, you know what? Let's give it a shot. I don't want to call it bucket list. Like, this sounds so corny. I just, I just you know, I see it. It's in the moment. Let's give it a shot. And, you know, I've got, I'll capture the memories to go along well, with it. So you know, John yeah. will tell you, John and Matt will let you know, I'm a huge sports fan. So, <laughs> you know, speaking speaking of baseball, I heard the Space Jam 2 movie is awesome because LeBron James like a really big baseball player. So anyway, um, <laughs> that being said, I, in full disclosure, I, I have a note being slipped under my door from my seven-year-old daughter that said, I need you to help me let Vader out. So um, okay, cool. that's what that's. I'm gonna be a good dad. I'm coming, sweetheart. One second. The sentient, so, the sentient life, baby. Absolutely, the sentient. Patrick, thank you so much for for being our our inaugural guest. And John, thank you so much for for bringing Patrick into my orbit. I'm I'm looking forward to following you and learning more from you. Um, thank you so much, Patrick. So for everybody listening, thank you so much for checking us out here on Above Board with Candor Path. Please make sure to share. Please make sure to like and comment. We are grateful for your, your listenership and your watchership. If you're watching us on YouTube, check out The Sentient Life. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Patrick, thank you so much, man. 